we want to understand not just about what you do, why do you do what you do? The Junk Luggers is saving the world one lug at a time. They're an eco-friendly junk removal company. They're trying to transform the face of the way junk removal is done by being sustainable in their approach. Welcome to the Franchise Hot Seat Podcast, where we talk about all things franchising. Now, here's your host, Dr. John P. Hayes. Hi, I'm John Hayes, and this is another episode of the Franchise Hot Seat Podcast. Welcome. Glad you're with us. I've got a great show coming up for you today. I'm going to be interviewing Michael Mudd, who will be one of our keynoters at the Selling Franchises Boot Camp January 1920 at Palm Beach Atlantic University, hosted by Titus Center. We'll talk more about that later. I want to get into Brand One, Michael's business, and talk more about that and what is Brand One all about? How does it work in the world of franchising? What does that mean to viewers? What does it mean to franchise professionals, consultants, and so on? Michael, welcome. Glad you could join me. Yeah, thank you, John. I appreciate the invite to join this podcast and also to keynote the conference. I'm excited to be here. Great. So you're, you run Brand One, and that's one of franchising's premier franchise development leader. You have perhaps the greatest single concentration of talent at Brand One. I know there are a lot of you involved. I don't know how many right now. We can talk some about that. You personally, I think I traced back to about the early 2000s, 2006 or so, when you were with Relax the Back, and that was your entry into franchising. Correct me if I'm wrong about that. But then you got into Hershey's Frozen Yogurt, and you grew that business from 23 units to more than 550. Junk Luggers is another one. I think that's still a client. You described that as smart growth. I want to talk about that what that means. Other brands that you have currently, Seniors Helping Seniors, one of the best markets ever, Ivy Brook Academy, Canine Resorts, Londo Lab, Gutter Shutter, Verlo Mattress, Waxing the City, and more. Let's begin though, Michael, with what is brand one? How does that work? How does it fit into franchising overall? Why is it important to franchisors and to franchise prospects? Welcome, and I'm going to give you a chance to thank you for the great introduction, John. You did nail the background. Brand One is the nation's premier franchise development firm. What we do is help our clients. We have 16 brands that we support their franchise development efforts. And Brand One handles all aspects of franchise recruitment. We put together the strategy of recruitment, which is really how we're going to generate the candidate. We also do the process design, which is creating all the automation, the video assets, the marketing collateral to attract and educate the franchise candidates. We also put together the talent that, that has the conversations with the candidates to help them along the research journey to make an informed decision about the franchise opportunity. And we work right now with 16 brands. We work in both brick and mortar. We have service-based brands. We work with investment levels as low as $80,000 and as high as $2.7 million. So we work the whole gamut. The I guess what people love about brand one is we don't sell franchises, we recruit franchisees. The philosophy that we take is categorically different. In other words, what we do is say no to a lot of candidates that are the wrong fit for a brand. 
we're looking for a candidate profile, we then go recruit that franchise profile in the numbers that a brand can realistically support. So what we do it through our due diligence before we take on a client, we understand the objectives that a brand has, we understand their infrastructure, we understand their capital position, and then we make recommendations to them so they can attract the right candidate that's going to give them the best royalty margin possible. Because one thing, okay. John, I'll navigate through a bunch of different things here, but the but royalty margins are important because your highest performing franchisees are going to produce the most amount of sales, but also the highest performing franchisees are going to use the least amount of, of resources for a franchisor. So what we're doing is trying to find the best franchise candidate for a particular brand so that the brand can realize premier royalty margins within our organization. So just to be clear, you don't own any of these brands. They're your client. Correct. All of our their clients, we don't have, we don't own the brands that we represent in many of the cases. Okay. And your principal job, even though there's this controversy, we're not franchise sales or franchise development or franchise recruitment. It's a different philosophy, I realize. And everybody seems to want to stay away from franchise sales, which I want to talk to you about that as well. But you are recruiting franchisees for specific brands, and are you responsible for generating the leads? Yes, we do recruitment and we do, we are responsible for lead generation. So at Brand One, we actually generate the candidate. Through a variety, we believe in diversification and how our candidates come in the process. If you look at our performance, roughly 30% of our successful placements are coming organic, which I would say is anything not coming in through a franchise or a franchise broker or franchise coach, depending on the vernacular that you're using within any given system. So we like diversification. So franchisors can realize a diversity and how they're generating their candidates. But brand one does handle all the strategy and the actual lead generation for a brand. Okay. So what's wrong with franchise sales? Why does that seem to be the dirty word in franchise. So franchise sales is really, if you look at the, there's a lot of philosophy out there that you should go and sell a franchise, meaning it it's, doesn't matter how good the candidate is for your specific brand. So if they can fog a mirror, you're going to give them a franchise. You're gonna sell them into the franchise system. At brand one, we don't sell, we edge. That's the difference. We're not using tactics. We're not using pressure. We're not using, here, I'm going to get you an agreement. You have to sign it in seven days. So we're not using tactics to, to produce franchise activity. We're using education so we can give a franchise candidate the right information so they can get comfortable with the business and we're, we're transparent. So what we want to do is make sure that the candidate has realistic expectations about the franchise system and is knowledgeable and educated about everything about that organization. So when they make a decision to move forward in the franchise, they have realistic expectations and they hit the ground running as opposed to having the ahas or you didn't tell me about that. So we're trying to create and maintain brand culture within the organizations that we represent. Okay, so in the 1980s, when I was very involved with International Franchise Association, doing a lot of education on there, it became very popular to say, we don't sell franchises, we award franchises. I don't hear that as much today, but now it's more franchise development, franchise recruitment, franchise education, which I'm all for franchise education. I don't sell, I literally don't sell franchises and I don't recruit franchisees, but I do a lot of, a lot of education. So is that important because too many brands, 
if they can fog a mirror, they sell them a franchise. Yeah, so we only use the word award a franchise because every candidate that comes into our process and is introduced to one of our clients has earned their seat. So what we design in our process, John, we create a system that we're going to watch a candidate navigate as they're learning about the franchise. And if they're not following our development system, we take a pass. Now, the reason for that is if they're not following our development system, are they going to follow the franchisor's operating system? Likely not. So what we're doing yeah. is building a system where we can watch behavior. You're going to hear a lot when I talk a lot about the behavior of a candidate. I don't watch their words. I watch their actions. So what you're trying to do is design a system that's going to observe behavior through the investigation journey to make sure they're systematic. We also recruit for culture. We have an organization called Clean Eats. They have a cult-like brand following. We help these guys achieve 85 yeah. open locations with 85 more behind it. And they are doing amazing, but they have a very unique culture within that organization. So not yeah. only are we looking for candidate background, their experience, their capitalization, but we also are trying to match the culture of that organization with this particular candidate. And if yeah. they don't believe in the core philosophy of the company, or they don't believe in the, if they're not aligned well with the culture, we take a pass. So what I'm saying, the difference between awarding an agreement and selling agreement is that we say no to a lot of candidates. We're trying to get the right candidate into the process for that specific brand on a merit of criteria. It's not just yeah. capital, it's not just background, it's not just experience, it's even to a point of aligning the culture of the organization with the actual candidate that's working in the process with us. Yeah, which I applaud, I'm all for that. I think that's exactly the way to go. At the same time, whether there are 4,000 brands in America or 5,000 brands in America now, I've been at this for 40 some years. I, I've worked with a lot of franchisors, a lot of franchise consultants or brokers or, or other name they might want to go to go under. I know people are people and they got to put food on the table. There's that drive when you're in franchise development, franchise sales, there's that drive to, I did 60 last year, I'm going to do 90 this year. And in that process, franchise development folks are not going to be as detailed as what you're describing because they want to get to their 90 goal um, this year. So how often is that happening in your experience. Put brand one aside from that. It's not happening there. But how often are people being sold a franchise that they should have never been awarded? I believe that's more common than anyone cares to admit in franchising. And yeah, I, I agree. It is the one major issue in franchise development today. So this is the problem, John. If you only have five candidates going through your process, you can't be yeah. selected. So if your goal is 10 franchise buyers, and you only have five candidates in the process, you can't be selective. So the reason people love brand one is we have 300 years collectively in our company of franchise experience. We've been franchisors, we've been franchisees, we've run operational teams, and we've run some of the largest development teams in the entire United States for some of the biggest brands in their respective categories within the hair care business, within the automotive business, within the yogurt business. So we have yeah. this collective talent that gets noticed. Now, what will happen is when we bring a client to the franchise community through franchise consultants specifically, the franchise consultants pay attention and they make notice and we build huge candidate funnels. So we have lead generation efforts that are more robust than the average person. So we bring in a huge candidate pool that allows us 
process to be super selective. The more people moving through your process, the more selective you can be. So what we do is bring in huge candidate pools so we can be selective with the candidates for our clients. That's really the problem and how we solve the problem with Brand One. So give us an idea. How many people do you move through your process every quarter or a whole calendar year? So typically with a brand that's moving at a good clip, we'll have anywhere between 80 to 90 active candidates within our process at any given time. So if you looked right now at the dog wizard, there's right now about 83 candidates actively moving through the investigation journey within the, within lifetime green coatings are, we probably have 96 active candidates right now moving through the investigation journey. Now that process is gonna be a 60 day process on average where somebody's gonna engage with us. By the way, what we do at Brand One is use a standard operating procedure. There's an SOP that defines the exact process steps and what's happening within our technology stack. We use Brand Connect, we use Slidile, we use EasyText. So there's a lot of integration with tech platforms that move candidates through the process that we can track their behavior. So our, we have usually about 80 to 90 active candidates within a process at any given time. And many franchisors have eight or nine, at best, candidates, and particularly when they're emerging, which is understandable, which doesn't allow them to be selective if they want to sell franchises. Yeah. Our conversion rates, like what we're striving for, is one in nine or better. So when we get introduced to candidate, we're get, we want to get the franchise consultants educated about what we're looking for in criteria. So there's a lot of things happening at Brand One. We have a marketing campaign to the consultants. We have a marketing campaign to the actual candidates. So we're putting together platforms that provide education not just to the candidate, but also to the franchise consultant, who's also giving us introductions to these candidates because we have to educate them first. You have to, they have to understand who is the profile, who are we looking for? So we're yeah. very specific. They know who we're looking for as a candidate for that specific brand. So if the better we can educate them, the better our candidate's gonna come into the process. And then what we're looking yeah. for on introductions is a one to nine conversion ratio is what we're striving for. I've seen as good as one in four, that's about as good as I've seen within concepts. Yeah, and I, amazing. I say, once you get beyond one in 16, you've got problems. So a yeah. brand needs to sit and start looking, what's wrong? Is it my process? Is it my developer? Is it my lead source? Now I should define, John, this is not organic. So if you're people that are just not working with franchise consultants, don't think if you're not doing one in 16, if you're working with organic candidates, you're gonna wanna, the average, is 1%. If you're good, you're probably gonna get a 5% conversion from raw organic leads, not from your website. I'm talking about paid leads through portals, through yeah. social media. Those are some of the metrics that we're looking for at Brandwell. So the metrics for years have been the average franchisor needs 100 leads to sell one, one in 100. But so you're talking about one in nine. I'm gonna make one man smile. His name is Joe Matthews. So I was mentioned yeah. by Joe for a while. Joe Matthews, John? I know him very well, yeah. He'd always ask a question, how many candidates does it take to convert a franchisee? Do you know what the answer is? No. The right one. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I say, at the end of the day, when you're going into your traditional approaches, if you're gonna go into organic, non-consultant generated activity, what you need to do is refine your content. You need to do A-B testing on what you're communicating. What's the collateral yeah. you're using and what's the marketing messages. And then you have to play with where you're putting that collateral and watch all your conversion metrics. Now you wanna watch leading indicators, not lagging indicators. 
Now you'll say, what's the difference between that? Most brands track, if they track anything, they're probably yeah. tracking how much is it costing them to convert to a franchisee. I'm going to say, go ahead of the process. How much is it costing you to convert a CQ? How much is it costing you to convert a discovery day? And how much is it costing you to convert a franchise candidate? Because what will happen is you'll need to spend, the average franchisor is spending 230000 a year on lead generation efforts. So if you're doing that, you need to understand what's the return on that investment. And if you're only tracking to franchisees and you're only doing 10 or 15 deals a year, you're never going to be able to get the data pool that you can make informed decisions. So you need to back your decision up into the decision process and look at your leading indicators, not just your lagging indicators on performance for any different lead gen spend that you may be doing. Before we continue, let me tell you about the Selling Franchises Bootcamp coming up at Palm Beach Atlantic University, the home of the Titus Center for Franchising in West Palm Beach. This two-day bootcamp is jam-packed with information and people who will help you sell more franchises in 2023 and beyond. Everything from lead generation to technology that people are using today to sell more franchises to events that you can incorporate to how to sell to the generations of people who are buying franchises. Baby boomers don't buy the same way as Gen Z buys and you need to know that information. Plenty of networking opportunities three major keynotes, lots of information that will be valuable to you in this two-day bootcamp at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can get all the details at TitusCenter.com. Click on Selling Franchises Bootcamp. It's set for January 19 and 20, 2023. So isn't it easier then or smarter for a franchisor to say, we're not going to do any of that tracking. We're not going to do franchise development in-house. We're going to go to brand one and others that are in your competitors. Is that the smarter thing for a franchisor to do? It depends on each brand. So I can't make a blanket statement, but I'll tell you that a large amount of companies are going outside services because they can't figure it out in-house. And why recreate the wheel? We already have a system. We already have a marketing platform. We already have the ear to the franchise consultants. We already have a marketing wheel to the franchise consultants. So instead of trying to recreate that or rebuild that, a lot of brands are just plugging into an already working system. It mitigates their risk. It allows yeah. them to prevent making a bunch of mistakes that yeah. they're going to end up costing them hundreds of thousands of dollars in mistakes before they figure out, hey, I'm just going to go outsource and let them use an already working model, which is what brand one provides is predictability. We predictably provide the right profile in the right numbers to allow brands to achieve responsible growth. And the reason I say it's responsible is we want to make sure that we don't over brands sometimes can grow faster than their internal capabilities are able to support. So at brand one, we can provide optics to those things. We can provide, we're almost we provide 300 years of development talent on the board of directors of a franchise. And that's something that you just, you can't actually access that in a lot of cases, especially if you're an emerging growth brand or a micro brand, how are you going to afford 300 years of development talent to help you fuel right. your growth initiative? What's it going to cost a franchisor to say, I'm, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. No sense of doing that. That's what franchising is all about. That's why franchising is so valuable. We'll just go to brand one, but what's that? How do they, how do they afford it, particularly when they are emerging? So 
when people align with brand one, what they're trying to achieve is enterprise value. So if a company is not interested in enterprise value, they're probably not a fit for brand one. So what's enterprise value? Enterprise value is royalty margin, is royalty and multipliers that exist when you get to a certain level of scale. So what? you'll find is only 10% of franchisors are gonna to get to a point where they have 100 franchisees operating in their system. And they, it's hard for them to get to royalty sufficient. They need to be royalty sufficiency. So what we do is compress that timetable to get them profitable faster on their royalty stream. So what they're going to do is their franchise fees are going to be, we're going to cover the expense of recruiting and getting franchisees open and operating. What franchisors that work with us are going to understand the value of royalty. They're not going to understand the value of a franchise fee. A franchise fee should cover your operating costs to get the franchisee recruited and open and operating. And where you should be interested in driving your profit is through the royalty stream that is being produced with the franchisees. So brands that are looking to make money on franchise fees are typically organizations that are selling franchises because they're like, hey, let's put, we can make all this money on franchise fees. Who cares about the performance of our franchise owners? That's not the pro, we look at it differently. So franchise fees should cover your operating cost to sell and open franchise owners. And then you should be interested in supporting your organization with the royalty stream that's being produced by amazing franchisees within your system. So if I hire brand one, I'm a franchisor, my franchise fee is $50,000. Am I going to give up all of that to brand one? Not all of that, but a not to brand one either, because you also have franchise consultants. So yeah. it depends on how the candidate's being generated. We, If it comes in organically, the franchisor is obviously going to have more money left in the fran for the franchise fee. If it comes in through a consultant, they're obviously going to have to pay the consultant and they're going to have to pay brand one for our services. But there are there's still going to be money left over to support some of their operational infrastructure to get them open. So we don't okay. take the full franchise fee, but the majority of the franchise fee is going to be used for the recruitment of the franchise owner. And the franchisee needs should be focused on royalty if they're going to be a good fit for brand one. Exactly. So one of the things that you do that's interesting and applaudable is that you watch the behavior of candidates. You want to know if we tell them we've got to get from number one through number six, and here's how we do that, you want to know if they're going to follow that process, because as you said before, they're not going to follow your process, probably not going to follow the franchisor's process or system. And if you're not going to do that, why get into franchising? And yet we know many franchisees are frustrated because they don't follow the system, they don't follow procedures. So you watch the behavior. Talk a little bit more about how you're doing that, why that's important, who does that for you, and so on. So I believe my role as a franchise recruiter is somebody who sets expectations and then holds a, can a candidate accountable. So accountability is very important. So it's simple things like this. If you come into our process, we send out an intro video to you and a link to get scheduled into my calendar. That's the first thing that happens. So in the first meeting, I'm going to ask questions about the video. Did you watch the video? What did you think about the video? So if you got into my, if we're having a first meeting and you haven't prepared yourself for the meeting, how, what does that show about you as a candidate? You, have you even looked at our website? So there are certain things that I'm trying to understand. Is this candidate 
putting in efforts to the research. Now, as we get deeper, so we set up franchisee calls so candidates can hear about the experience from the existing franchisee base. I'm gonna ask them how that call go, what that mean to you. And if they didn't get on the call, it's probably an indication that something's wrong. Or this is an example, I'll send, I'll give you invitations to attend three franchisee calls. None of them you made. You didn't make a single one of those calls yet, in a conversation, you say, I want you to put me together with three individual conversations. Great, I have no problems with you talking to individual franchisees, but I want you to follow the system first. So you need to prove that you could, you join the three, I invited you to three group calls, you join that. Now you wanna to talk to an individual, no problem. But if you haven't joined the three group calls, you're not even interested in following the system that creates efficiencies for our franchisee community. So if you can't follow a system to make it efficient for our franchise owners, then you're not deserving of an individual call. You haven't, yeah. again, you haven't earned your seat to actually understand this system. So what I'm always looking for is watching behavior through a lot of things. Everything yeah. that's happening in the process is being observed. And then we put notes and we put all kinds of comments into our contact record so we can track that behavior over the two month journey of them researching the franchise. You convert one in nine, there are eight that don't make it. Of the eight, how many of them didn't make it because they didn't follow the procedures? I would say two. Which is lower than I thought, but why? what motivates people to call brand one or call a franchisor and then not do what, why, why would you do that? Unless perhaps you haven't been educated about franchising, realizing that if you're not a follower of systems, franchising is not going to work for you, no matter which brand or who you are or how much money you have. And yet, is it lack of education that creates this scenario? I don't think it's lack of education. I think it's people have a natural curiosity of franchising. So there's a lot of people that are just curious. They want to learn about the, about what is franchising? What are options that I have for franchising? And sometimes they're considering a variety of options. So maybe they're looking at job opportunities, franchise opportunities, and their heart really is in the job. It's, but they're just like, oh, let's just take a look at this as a secondary option. So they're just not putting the effort or the energy and we can feel it. So as a franchise yeah. recruiter, my time is pretty important and I need to spend time with the candidates that are showing and exhibiting behavior of somebody who is going to be a, a real asset for the company. And I want to spend yeah. less time with people who are not valuable and more time with people who are valuable. So what we'll do is just filter them out. So if they're showing, exhibiting behavior that just, it's not worthy of time or energy or attention of a developer. We have good systems to just weed them out of the mix to make sure we're talking with the right candidates at all, at all times. Okay. So franchise consultants or brokers or coaches, I don't know how many there are today, more than there were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I, I was around franchising when that concept didn't even exist. More and more of them, I don't know the overall quality of them, but you depend on them to a certain extent. What's that relationship like? What's the value of those folks? How good are they overall? So it's an interesting question. So it's we don't rely on them because we, we have a lot of diversity in our lead generation efforts, but we like them for this reason, John, is we get better candidate quality as a result of our franchise consultants than we would organically. Now that would be interesting to you, but I could track it back to Menchie's. We did studies on it with the time. I spent eight years with Menchie's frozen yogurt, helping them scale up to a nationwide footprint. And in the process, we went back and tracked royalty. Like what is the sales that is being produced by a franchisee from consultants? 
versus what is the sales being produced by franchisees from organic activity. And believe me, we had a lot of organic activity. Now we defined it this way is that when people came in through the store experience at Menchie's, they fell in love with the brand, but they didn't fall in love with owning a business. So when people come into franchise consultants, they typically are saying, Hey, I want to be an owner. I want to, I want to be an entrepreneur. And then a franchise consultant is going to show them options based upon their profile. So a lot of times they use behavior assessments. They use all kinds of tools to start to say this candidate's going to be a good fit for this system. So we get better candidate quality as a result of working with franchise consultants defined by how much revenue these people produce from consultants versus organic channels. And now to answer the second part of your question, the value of the consultant is in the relationship with the individual developer. Okay. This is a relationship business and it takes an incredible amount of time to build a reputation that the franchise, that franchise consultants know who you are and what they work with are people they like, trust and respect. And if you haven't earned that, you're not going to receive a candidate from a franchise consultant. So what will happen is a lot of brands will pay an exorbitant amount of money to go and get into the inventory of a franchise consultant network and they don't receive any candidates and they get frustrated and they end up making huge mistakes because they just don't understand how to work with the franchise consultants. So what brand one does is mitigate that risk. We're going to, when you come in with brand one, we've already built the reputation. The consultants already like trust and respect us. So the, it's really easy for the consultant to send us candidates because they know who we are. In fact, we've been working with them again. I'll say it again, collectively for 300 years. So they know my most consultants know my daughter's name. And that's they, I've sent a Christmas card or a holiday card to every consultant in the United States for 18 years with family photos. So we put a lot of effort in building the relationship with these consultants. So they just know us and people want to work with people that they like, trust and respect. And the good news yeah. with brand one is we've earned that over a lot of years. Yeah, definitely. So you talk about smart growth, responsible growth. What's that? Why is it important? First and foremost, when I talk about recruitment, I'm sure a lot of franchisors that are listening to this podcast have an experience of a franchisee who's a bad fit. This is the franchisee that's misaligned. They're underperforming. They're always calling. They're chewing up all of your resources. So at brand one, smart growth is twofold. One, it's finding the right fit and saying no to the wrong fit. That's first and foremost. So recruiting is so critical. So you don't get the bad operators within your system because that's like putting a bad apple in a whole bunch of apples. It can create major issues. Secondarily, we want to make sure that a franchisor doesn't grow faster than they're capable of supporting. That goes very bad. So if a franchisor can't get franchisees open or they can't support the franchisees, that's going to be detrimental to that company to the point where they may, may never realize enterprise price value because they grew too quickly. So what we're doing is constantly watching the activity, how much candidate is going into the process and can the franchisor support it? If the franchisor starts breaking down, we look for gaps. So one of the best things about brand one is we understand operational systems as much as we understand development systems. In fact, one of my business partners ran operations for CertiPro for a lot of years. We've been franchisees in systems. So we understand operations and how to like, 
might recommend solutions to problems that brands are having as they're growing. So that might be a breakdown in real estate strategy. It might be a breakdown in, in, in project management, but we can start providing solutions with other suppliers. We can start making recommendations to individual people that they may want to hire in the company to fill those gaps. So we're growing and we're watching for problems and we're making recommendation on solutions to fill gaps when problems are arising. How often a, can't, a franchisor comes to you and you realize we can't achieve responsible growth. They're not able to support the franchisees. They've sold 100 units and they have 10 open. They can't get them open for a variety of reasons. How often does that happen? And then do you say, come back to us in 90 days or a year when you fix these problems? So I'll give you a story. I'm gonna answer and give you a story. So we yeah. we see about a hundred brands a year we have conversations with and we start doing our due diligence and research and we say no to most of them, John. So it's difficult for us to find great brands who are worthy of their growth, okay? So it's, we're looking for the right company to align with our organization. Because another thing too, is that our company has to live in the culture of the brand that we're growing. So we need to make sure there's a good culture alignment that we believe in the same values and the philosophies. So we bumped into Josh Cohen, who's the founder and CEO of the Junk Luggers, years before we took him on as a client. And when we first met him, we were like, hey, Josh, you're not in a position that is going to be able to support the type of growth we're gonna produce. Yeah, from a capital standpoint, from an infrastructure standpoint, he just wasn't there. So it, he left after the conversation. We talked to him for a while. And he came back a year and a half later and he said, hey, brand one, I've now aligned with Contractor Nation. I've picked up capital. I've expanded the team. We started having more looks with more conversations. We said, Josh, this is right. Let's do it. So we helped him out. He had... 20 franchisees at that time. Two years later, John, he now has 360 territories. He's a nationwide brand. He has a full nationwide platform. You guys are probably aware he just was purchased by Authority Brands. By the way, yeah. I just got off a meeting with Authority Brands right before I came into this podcast. So we've helped Josh change his life, but he wasn't ready at the time we had yeah. conversations with him. So we left, we told him what he needed to do. We gave him recommendations. He came back a year and a half later, and now his whole life has changed as a result yeah. of what we did collectively. Yeah. I could tell you more stories because the same thing happened yeah. with Renault Cells. Renault Cells yeah. was the same way. Renovation Cells, they came, they left, came back a year later. We've now helped the founder of Renovation Cells with about 40 franchisees in less than a year. So yeah. it's, we want to make sure that brands have the right systems and infrastructure to support the type of growth we're going to produce. Because John, when people work with brand, we're going to accelerate the growth. We're going to create a tipping point predictably. We're going to help them accelerate. We're going to get the right franchisees and we're going to create enterprise value predictably, but they have to be ready for that. It's not all, they have to be ready to support exactly. the growth that we're going to produce. So what you do, Michael, is such a great service to the franchise prospect, the right franchise prospects, the prospects, the folks who are willing to get educated. They don't see this as just an opportunity to get rich, to become a franchisee. You've already done the due diligence on these companies, which is a great help to the franchise prospect, franchisee prospect. Correct. It's going to take us three months of due diligence before we ever take on a client. And that's calling their franchisees, running financial models, looking at their FDD. We, we oftentimes have to look at and then give recommendations to the franchisor on how to position their offering more effectively. So yeah. we do our due diligence and what we look for is the same thing a candidate's looking for. Because if a can if we, if a candidate's not going to like it, we don't want to take on the brand because at the end of the day, 
we're, we want to get great systems that are going to be attractive for franchise candidates. That's the, yeah. what we look for is awesome systems. We then bring that to our franchise consultant friends. Our franchise consultant friends then bring us amazing candidates. And the whole thing is a success formula. But it yeah. starts with finding the right brand, John. That's where, that's probably okay. the hardest thing we do at Brand One is finding the right brand. It's not right. finding the right candidate. That we have candidate yeah. pools to support pretty much any brand if they're worthy of their growth. Okay. And then you have this rule that you find great companies that you like, trust, and respect, and they must do good in the communities they serve. Why do you care? Why is that important? Integrity, John. So we know that we're going to build nationwide platforms. And if the company's not doing good in the community they serve, we don't want to help a brand that isn't going to serve their community in a meaningful way. And if you look at our portfolio, they all have a why. We want to understand not just about what you do, why do you do what you do? The Junk Luggers is saving the world one lug at a time. They're an eco-friendly junk removal company. They're trying to transform the face of the way junk removal is done by being sustainable in their approach. Their mission is something I can get behind. I, that's something that I'm proud. My daughter, who's yeah. 11 years old, drives my truck. And when she sees a Junk Luggers truck next to me, She's excited to see that. And I want to be yeah. proud of the concepts that we bring to community. Menchie's was about making communities. It was never about yogurt. The, on the cup, we make you smile. The whole brand was about a family. It's a family oriented brand that does good in the community they serve. So we're looking for brands that do good. Brand one, we believe, does good in, in the community as well. Because we're helping people into systems that are worthy. We're helping people become wildly successful beyond their wildest dreams. We're helping them be independent. We're helping great brands attract great people. So it's just matchmaking with brands that are worthy and doing good in communities they serve. Yeah, and it's just amazing, particularly as a franchise educator, talking to people all over the world about franchising and why it's of value, providing that service, that smile, maybe money, maybe assistance in times of emergencies, that's what franchising provides more than any other concept or any other system of operations. Franchising is there making a difference, not just at the cash register, not just in one unit, but in 4,000, 5,000 brands across North America. It's just amazing to me. Yeah, me too. I was mentored so, by a gentleman named Amit Kleinberg, who he was the president of, or he was the CEO of Men. And Amit would always say, because there's a lot of companies out there talking about ill weed, income, lifestyle, equity, and wealth. They think that's the primary reason candidates are coming into a system. I would argue that a candidate that's worthy of a franchise is already successful. So they already are generating income, lifestyle, equity, and wealth most of the time. We bring in candidates, John, that have in some cases 80 and $100 million of assets that come into some of our systems here. So they're not just looking for income, lifestyle, equity, and wealth. They're also looking for the why. What are you doing? So it's not just, there's a lot of societal candidates in the world today that are looking for more than just income. They want to create positive impacts in community. Yeah. So it has to be more than just what's it going to do from an income standpoint. A lot of times people want to understand what's the brand's purpose, like what's its culture. They want they want to be in something that they believe in, not just about generating income. Yeah, I love being part of that, and particularly at this stage of my career in my life, being at Palm Beach Atlantic University, leading students at the Titus Center 
where we continue to have growth every year. Makes me very proud to be involved in franchising. And you're coming to the campus. You're going to talk at the Selling Franchises Boot Camp. And what's that going to be like? What are you going to tell that audience? So what I want to be is just, I want to be there to serve, John. That's all. I'm going to come out to Titus and I'm going to share everything I know about franchising. I'm going to try to help as many people as I possibly can. That's my intent is to come out there and share some knowledge and things that I've learned along the way. And I've worked with a lot of brands in a lot of industries. Hopefully I can help somebody be better in, in franchise development as a result of my- I'm sure you can. That's part of the reason why we invited you to come as a keynoter. I'm really looking forward to that, Michael, as so many other people are as well. Congratulations to all the things you're doing at Brand One, making a difference, not just in franchising, but in communities and across the United States. God bless you for that work, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, likewise, John. Thanks for having me, my friend. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Okay, Michael, that's great. That's good information, and I look forward to it, and I'll talk to you soon, later in January. All right, sounds good, John. Thanks for having Anything me. Anything you need, let me know. I'll be talking to you soon. All right, likewise, John. Thank you. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Franchise Hot Seat Podcast with Dr. John P. Hayes. Tune in next time for more conversation around all things franchising.